0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great
1: Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, your host today, coming at you from the Fargo studio between the railroad tracks and the cathedral in downtown Fargo. I'd like to thank Therese for producing. Appreciate that. Boy, wasn't that a fun last half hour with Father Jason Miller? He just—he is just a quality person, a great priest. And there's a, a liturgical musicians workshop, a church musicians workshop, coming up November 19th and 20th in Fargo. And uh, just go to the Fargo Diocese website for more information. You can um, register there and do all those kind of things. Uh, only costs 50 bucks, includes meals, materials. It's going to be wonderful. So uh, please. Uh, go there, register. You will love it. Well, um, anyway, um, we just again like to thank Father Miller for that. It's so important, you know the music, uh, the, the beauty of what uh, of what music brings. And of course, Augustine says uh, the person that sings prays twice. So I think that's uh, that, that's that's very important. Obviously, that we can are able to do that and able to uh, really bring the sacred music to life. Shall we say in uh, in our in our liturgies? You know, we talked a little bit earlier with Father Bouquet about um, pro-life issues. And I just want to share with you a little bit. Um, uh, I, I go around to the diocese, Fargo Diocese. I'm the Respect Life Director for the Diocese. And I go around and do various workshops. And, um, and, I, and I just, you know, w- was able to do one. And, and sometime, I, I'd like to talk to you about that. Because, again, just the important thing is to love. Love, love, love. That's the key. That's the key. Well, we have on the phone with us uh, Bill Donahue. Uh, author of Truth About Clergy Sexual Abuse. And I do need to tell you, okay, parents listening, uh, this segment may not be suitable for your younger audiences. So forewarned, okay, you may want to take little ears out of hearing range for this, okay? Because it's going to speak, you know, rather frankly about some of these things, and so it might not be suitable for the younger ones. So please do what you need to do right now to make sure everyone is safe, and we will continue on. So, uh, Bill, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for being on with us today. You know, Bill, if I remember right, you... Uh, well, tell us a little bit about yourself first, and then I'll get into that. Go ahead, Bill.
2: Right. Uh, well, I, uh, I went to NYU after I got out of the Air Force, and uh, and uh, I finished a bachelor's degree, then a master's degree uh, at the new school, went back to NYU for a Ph.D., Taught as a college professor for many years uh, in Pittsburgh and also at NYU, uh, teaching new, newly minted PhDs from around the world in the Fulbright Program. I've written nine books, uh, been president of the Catholic League uh, for uh, 28 and a half years, uh, the nation's largest Catholic civil rights organization. So I've been involved in a lot of activist causes. And uh, yeah, I, I, my, my passion is to defend the Catholic Church against its unfair critics, uh, I say unfair critics because if people uh, want to criticize the Catholic Church for its public policy positions, unlike its, its strictures on ordination, it's nobody's business, but Catholics. But if you don't like the Catholic Church's teachings on abortion or something of that nature, as long as you're respectful, I really don't care. It's when people hit below the belt that... Uh, that, that uh, or simply try to smear people, uh, smearing all priests, for example, because of the behavior of a few Uh, You can't do that with any other demographic group in the country, and you shouldn't do it with priests.
1: Yeah, so true. We're talking with uh, Bill Donahue about his most recent book, The Truth About Clergy Sexual Abuse. I remember seeing you on TV many times, Bill, as president of the Catholic League. You know, you're very, very well-versed, very, very well-spoken, and... uh, I'm sure over the years you've had lots of, shall we say, debates, discussions, and things about... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, just a few. <laughs> yeah. Although, quite frankly, uh, not as much in, in more recent years. What has happened is that the people on the left generally lose in debates. Mm-hmm. And I mean that sincerely, yeah. 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 not just to me. Uh, that's why you don't have any more Hannity and Combs. You have no crossfire. They were the ones who decided they couldn't deal. They, they may have uh, all the power in many respects, those on the left. But we have common sense, mm-hmm. and we can we can cut right to the quick. And they can't really do too well in in debates against us. So that's why they don't have them anymore. That's why you just see, uh, and you know, e- for that matter, I used to do CNN and MSNBC as well as Fox mm-hmm. uh, for decades. But then when CNN and MSNBC turned left, they stopped inviting people of a more conservative bent, such as myself. They just talked to e- to each other.
1: Yeah, now, that, that's such an important point, Bill, because you hit the nail on the head. Reason, truth, you know, all of this is on our side shall we say, just to, you know, to end. And when someone who's articulate and can bring it up and someone on the other side is faced with that, they have no logical or reasonable reply. So, yeah. Well, Bill, let's, let's get into this book. What, what are some of the main points you wanted to make out of this book and why did you write this book?
2: I wrote this book because I've, I've been involved in the culture wars dealing with this subject now for about a quarter of a century. And, I'm just, and I've written a great deal about it and I have a tremendous amount of files on it. And I decided, uh, you know, there's so much misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the conventional wisdom is wrong. And I decided, look, I've, I'm going to put my, my sociology training together and look at the, the data and read everything that I haven't read. Uh, and I had read a lot already and, and challenge the, 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 uh, the conventional wisdom. Uh, just to give one example, uh, you hear it all the time. Oh, there's another case of sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. Well, no, excuse me. Those are old cases. There are almost no new cases. Uh, these are cases that go way back. But the media give the impression that it's ongoing. Uh, quite frankly, just this week, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops released its annual report on the question of clergy sexual abuse, I did the computation because they won't do it. Uh, We have about 50,000 members of the clergy, if you count the priests and the deacons. There were 22 accusations made against 50,000 men in the past year. Of the 22, six were substantiated. Now, if you take that six, and you take a look at the 50,000, just under 50,000, you wind up with a figure of point. In other words, 99.9% of the clergy in this country have not had a substantiated accusation made against them in the last year. I would put that figure up against any other institution in the country, religious or secular, where adults regularly interact with minors. Nobody has a better record than the Catholic Church today, notwithstanding the fact that the Catholic Church dropped its guard and did a horrible job between the mid-60s and the mid-80s, particularly in the 70s. But that is, thank God, is long behind us.
1: So true. We're talking with Bill Donahue about his new book, The Truth About Clergy Sexual Abuse. And you, you kind of, you kind of uh, touched on it, Bill, but let, let's look at this a little more. The very, very small percentage. A lot of people think, oh, sexual abuse, that's the Catholic Church, that's because priests can't marry. But really, when you compare it to other Christian denominations and just other organizations in general, uh, we actually come out fairly favorable, don't we?
2: We come out, we come out on top today. Uh, that may not have been true back in the 70s, mm-hmm. which was the worst decade right. without, without question. But look, you take a look at Hollywood. Take a look at the media. Take a look at the public schools. Uh, take a look at lawyers and doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists and, and, and swimming coaches and the like. This, this problem is unfortunately very strong, very prevalent today. And there's very little chatter about it. What they'd like to do is, it's all about getting the Catholic Church, quite frankly. I know Orthodox Jews and Muslims and Mormons and Evangelicals share the same, pretty much the same uh, traditional sexual ethics. God bless them. But they're not as attacked as much as we are, because we're an old institution, 2,000 years old, we're about a quarter percent of the population, we're hierarchical, so we're the guy kind of like we 're the, the big fat target, and the idea is if you if you take a radical secular view on sexuality where pretty much anything goes, nobody should be judgmental about anything then if you want to go against the one traditional organization that Sebastian against this uh, libertinism, this idea of liberty as license, then you really have to go after the Catholic Church, and that explains why the hunt has been so severe, even though as I say, the progress we've made is positively undeniable.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Talking with Bill Donahue about his new book and about the sexual abuse in, in, in the Catholic Church. You know, the 70s, as you mentioned, think things were kind of lax. What, what, what has changed since then? I mean, how, you know, how, how did the 70s get to be so bad, Bill? And, and, and how, how is the Church now uh, revamping and, and addressing this?
2: That's a good question. Thank you. The ideas of sexual liberation took place in the 1960s amongst intellectuals. And then, of course, it creeps into society. It, the Catholic Church, as I often point out, we're not like the Amish. I've, I, God bless the Amish. Mm-hmm. But we're not isolated. We're very much a part of the culture. So if there are some dominant cultural winds that are prevalent in society, be they good or bad, we're going to be touched by it. Now, what had happened is that in the 1970s, the ideas were born in the 60s, and that's when some of the acting out Took place mostly of homosexual priests. Almost all of this is a function of homosexual priests. Almost all of it. And they in the 1970s, a lot of the seminaries dropped their guard, and quite frankly, it was in some cases was almost indistinguishable from the dominant culture. That continued on into the 1980s. By the time we got to the mid 80s, things had changed in this country. Uh, I'll give you two quick changes: the 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 the, uh, the, the tenure administration of Ronald Reagan indicated a a turn toward a more conservative uh, moral temper. And also, at the same time, the discovery of AIDS in 1981 Mm kind of tapped the brakes on a lot of people. So that's when things began to change. Now, it's interesting. The bill came due for the church's laxity in the 70s in 2002. Mm -hmm. That's when the Boston Globe uh, uh, outed, basically, the, the Boston Archdiocese. Ironically, just when everybody thought the, prop, the problem was, was never worse, it had already been improving. We, the, problem that, the problem that they detailed in 2002 were mostly old cases. And what you hear today, uh, the good news is this. Almost every case you hear about today, the, the priest who's the bad guy is either dead or he's out of ministry. Okay? Mm-hmm, yep. So, so we, we, this idea that there are priests roaming around, no, no, no. They may be in Hollywood in the public schools, but not in the Catholic Church
1: so true. I talked with Bill Donahue about his new book, The Truth About the uh, Clergy Sexual Abuse Crisis. You know, really, you hit the nail on the head there, Bill, the sexual revolution. A lot of this comes about from just people who, you know, they dissent from the Catholic Church's teaching on morality and, and basic human nature. And that's and that can be a cause for all of this.
2: Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because Pope Benedict Sixteenth, in my estimation, has done the best of any of the popes in modern times in checking this problem. Mm-hmm. And and that's why he came out and said, men who have deep-seated homosexual tendencies, this is not the place for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, God bless Pope Francis, who has continued the exact same and used the exact same words uh, of Benedict that I just spoke. Yeah, and yet when Benedict spoke about the sexual revolution, he was attacked. And I defend him in my book uh, quite vigorously. Look, I'm a sociologist. It, you know, everybody understands root causes when it comes to Uh, civil rights riots and things of that nature, why did the left get so unhappy and the Catholic dissidents so unhappy with Pope Benedict when he talked about the effects of the the sexual revolution? Mm -hmm. He's not trying to get the onus off of the backs of the enabling bishops or the molesting priests. He's simply saying that the Church was affected and it unfortunately did succumb to the worst elements of the dominant culture in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s, and, and he's not wrong for saying that. He's not trying to exculpate or make excuses for those people uh, in the clergy who didn't do a good job. But not to talk about the effects of the sexual revolution would be absolutely sociologically illiterate.
1: We're talking with Bill Donahue about his new book. As you can tell, he's very well-versed. And when we come back after the break, he's going to talk to us about how the church has now made progress in preventing abuse and why it's not so well-known in the public. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back
0: I think all we have to do is look around people are hungering for God and they don't even know what people are so lost in our world that has tolerance for everything except for Christianity uh-huh. and um, about a year and a half ago we sponsored a couple into the church and right at the beginning of RCI we said tune in to Catholic radio and they did and they're on fire for their faith they go to every Catholic event even before they join, join the church They're daily communicants and um The wife prays the rosary with Catholic Radio And it's just people want that so badly Even when they don't know it That's what they're missing This is Sister Bridget from the Diocese of Rapid City
1: This is Rowdy Benson from Sacred Heart Parish in Morristown, South Dakota Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio
0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and
1: hope through local hosts and guests from across the upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to our last segment here on Real Presence Live. We're talking with author, speaker, debater, Bill Donahue, about his latest book, The Truth About Clergy Sexual Abuse. And he put it in great perspective for us, the 60s, 70s, 80s, that type of thing. Now, we're turning to how the Church has made some great progress in preventing abuse, but it's not very well known. Bill, why don't you bring our listeners up to speed?
2: Well, yeah, there was a time back in the 70s when there were thousands of, of credible accusations made against priests. Now we're down to single digits of those which have been substantiated. This has been true. As a matter of fact, the figure for the last 10 years, we did the computation this week at the Catholic League, is 5.9. 5.9... Uh, substantiated accusations made against 50,000 members of the clergy. Uh, obviously, one would be too many. But people need to, to, to recognize that while we did have a problem and we did succumb to the sexual revolution of the 60s and 70s and the 80s, we have gone beyond that now. And, and that's why these attacks that are going on by victims, lawyers, states attorney generals, uh, the media, uh, this is so unfair. It's just a smear job against the Catholic Church.
1: Yeah, it it is. So tell tell us some things that, that, that the uh, that the church is doing now to help. I, I know that I, I do speaking at, at churches, and, and there's certain things that I have to go through. You know, certain um, background checks or, or other type of things like that. So just help, tell us some of the things that the church is doing now to help uh, help keep help prevent abuse.
2: Well, ever since the, since the, the, the Dallas Charter in 2004, there have been all kinds of norms taken that people have training programs and the like to work in the Catholic Church, even as volunteers. Uh, there's been a crackdown on people who, like I say, if, if as Pope Benedict said and Pope Francis, if you have deep-seated homosexual tendencies, you're not welcome to join the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the Catholic priesthood. That's helped as well. Uh, but also, the bishops have grown up. Mm-hmm. Back in the 1960s and 70s and 80s, they were so reliable on the therapists, and the therapists have gotten away with this, uh, you know, look. I have a doctorate in sociology, so I, I respect people in the social and behavioral sciences. I also recognize the limitations of our expertise, and I wish they would have done so. Mm-hmm. Their attitude was, "Oh, give us Father Murphy. He's got some problems. You know what? Give us six weeks, and we'll put him through a, a therapeutic program, and we'll have uh, we'll have him ready, good to go." They were simply overselling their their competence. Okay, they should have met, they should have told the bishops, "I'm sorry." Some people are incorrigible, and I would not recommend to put them back in ministry. No, they thought they could fix everybody, because back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, that was rehabilitation. There was nobody we couldn't rehabilitate. That was simply a bill of goods that, that was simply wrong, and it did a lot of damage. Now I think the, the bishops are much more discerning. Uh, I'm not against therapy for, across the board. I'm simply saying that you have to recognize the limitations of, that, of your expertise if you're going to have any credibility with me.
1: Yeah, so true. Talking with uh, Bill Donahue about his latest book. Bill, who especially is this book for? Who would you say is your main target audience?
2: Well, you know, that's interesting, because a lot of people have been telling me that while while the Catholic community will have interest, this will transcend the Catholic community. Mm -hmm. I mean, because, look, we're not talking about it. It's not a devotional book. I'm all in favor of devotional books, and it's not one of those books. It's a a book about a public issue, about the, the, the crimes that took place. And so I think people who are not Catholic, but who have an interest in this issue, uh, whether they be friend or foe, and let the foes come at me. I've got over 800 footnotes documenting very carefully what my source is. This is not a big essay. This is not an op-ed. I've got the documentation, and I'm there to defend everything that I've had, every sentence in the book. Father Fessio, God bless him, put three editors on the book, knowing that some parts, particularly dealing with homosexuality, are controversial. I am not here to be against anybody, but I'm not here to shade the truth. We as Catholics are called to tell the truth, not to shade it.
1: Mm, I appreciate that, absolutely. Bill, for those that are interested, uh, where can they get the book?
2: Well, Ignatius.com is carrying it right now, the publisher. Amazon is temporarily out of stock, but you can place your pre-order with Amazon to get it. The Kindle version is available on Amazon right now. Catholic bookstores uh, uh, have it. Barnes & Noble will, will have it, but I would say Ignatius.com or Amazon and sign up for a, a pre-order uh, to pick up a copy of the book. It's, it's, we didn't make a big push on it until yesterday, and now the book is really taken off. And I think that once the word gets out about it, people will realize a lot of what they've learned about this issue is simply wrong. And I've got the data to prove it, so I, I hope we can, we can show also what the dissidents in the Catholic Church did these left-wing dissidents who defended and tried to excuse some of the misconduct that took place by some of these miscreant priests, they played a major role in this. uh, Because if you have a guy who's already a bit disordered and he finds out that, oh, we don't have to worry about following the Catholic Church's teachings on sexual ethics, that's an invitation for him to act on his worst uh, instincts. Uh, So yeah, the Catholic left, uh, they do play play a role in, in helping to give rationalization to some men who really were, were rather sick. Mm-hmm.
1: So, true. you know, and another thing that hits me, Bill, and I know this is true in your life, when we look at it, living out the truth of our, our, our sexuality and what the church teaches is not a restrictive, I mean, it, it takes discipline, but it's freeing because we're really acting in accord with how we're made. And so this is not a, a, a condemnation to, oh, you're going to be terrible, you're going to be, you know, just totally, it's saying no, no. Look at what well, the Church I, teaches.
2: I, I think you put it very well. The kind of sexual reticence or restraint that the Church teaches is liberating. Yeah. If you have any doubts about that, how well did it work out for straight people and, 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 and uh, gay people when they practiced uh, license as liberty? Mm-hmm. Yep. Look at the diseases. Look at the deaths. No, there's freedom in, in accepting the Catholic Church's teachings on this. And also, people should remember this. The, the problem we had in the Catholic Church, which is mostly behind us, None of this is a result of the Catholic Church's teachings on sexuality. All of it is a result of some of the teachers, namely the priests, who didn't follow the Church's teachings on sexuality. The teachings are fine. Follow them and you won't have the problem.
1: That is such a good point. Do not judge the teachings or the institution, their teachings, by those who choose not to follow it. So true. Exactly. Bill, thank you so much for the interview. Thank you so much for writing the book. We appreciate it.
2: And thank you for your your informed questions. I appreciate
1: it. Absolutely. God bless you, Bill. God bless you. All right. That's Bill Donahue, president of the Catholic League, and his new book, The Truth About Clergy Sexual Abuse. Well, Therese, there we go. Another show on the books, huh? Yeah. Nice. You did a good job pushing buttons and getting people on the line, and yeah, that was really cool. I know. (laughs) Is your 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 button pushing finger tired at all?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Man, okay. We should
1: should tell you before that we we get into preview our next show. Of course, um, next we'll have a take two with with Jerry and Debbie. Of course, Mm -hmm. a lot of people know that, but. Mm Well, anyway, that's good. So, anyway, so what is coming up on some future shows here, young lady? So, on the next Real Presence mm-hmm. Live, that'll be tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Central, Mike Kudrowski and Doug Jillick will be your hosts coming to you live from Therapy Solutions in Dickinson. Mm. Brenda Erie will be on to talk about faith-based counseling, and Dr. Stacy Trusankos will share a scientist's view of the Eucharist. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's on Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Wonderful. That's great. That's wonderful. Well, good. Well, I'd like to thank uh, the guests today, Bishop David Kagan of the Diocese of Bismarck. Again, talking about the Thirst Conference, this family conference. What a great idea. It has things for the whole family and times when the family come together together. Uh, mass, you know, he got to meet thousands of his spiritual children. Yeah, that That is so awesome. That is great. Also, uh, Father Shannon Bouquet from Human Life International talking about some very important human dignity issues. Father Jason Miller about the upcoming um, uh, Church Musicians Conference coming up November 19th through 20th. That's going to be awesome. And then you just heard Bill Donahue. He's very well-versed in what he does, president of the Catholic League, and his new book, The Truth About Clergy Sexual Abuse. And the truth is... Much lower rate than the rest of society and the church. He admits, of course, we had some problems in the 70s because people weren't following the church's teaching. But for those of us that follow the teaching, it is liberating. It is freeing. It's like guideposts along the road. It keeps us safe, keeps us happy, keeps us holy. Oh, my goodness. teres thanks again. I appreciate it so much. Until next time, remember to practice your faith every day. God bless you.